sometimes going through all that stuff sort of just pray and ask the Lord to have his way with us. Let there just be a unity of spirit among us. God, whatever you want to do with us, not just individually, God, but whatever you want to do with us collectively, we want to give ourselves to your kingdom and your purpose. We desire to be instruments in your hand, meet for the master's use. I pray, dear God, vessels, not a few, that we would be empty vessels, not a few, vessels unto honor. I pray for every soul in this room. Take us and do as seems good to you to do, Father that your kingdom would come and your will would be done in these valleys and in the earth where you would choose. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Genesis chapter 1, very familiar to many of us. Genesis 1 and 1 says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. The earth was without form. Something like that, right? It was void. Darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Verse 3, notice, And God said. Would you say that with me? And God said. God said, let there be light, and what happened? God said, and what God said happened. That is a principle from the beginning. What God said happened. And that has never changed. What God says will happen. I know that's simple, but I want faith to arise in our spirit. What God says will happen. He is not a man that he can lie. The promises of God in him are yes, and it is settled. That's what amen means, in case you didn't know that. So I was like, I never heard that verse. The promises of God are in him, yea and amen. It's a principle from the beginning. When God says it, it will happen. You do not have to doubt his word. You do not have to wonder about his word. You do not need to entertain the voice of the adversary that would try to tell you God can't deliver. God speaks and it happens. It's a principle of the word. I won't take the time tonight. Many of you have heard me teach it or preach it more than once, probably, or an element of it. But I'll just give the quick, high-level, 60-second overview. We see in the beginning, God spoke everything into existence except mankind. That was by design. When it came to man, he formed man of the dust of the ground. And then we read in Genesis 2, I believe in 6, that he formed man of the dust of ground, and then he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Thank you, 2 and 7. Man became a living soul. So we see this difference between everything else God created and mankind. Everything else he spoke and it was, but man he formed and he breathed. Why? Fast forward. The reason why is because God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he them. Male and female created he them. Heard that before. In his own image. And so 
In every way, he created us in his own image. And so the reason he did not create us with the spoken word is because he is not one created by the spoken word. He is the word. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. He was the word. And so he spoke and it was. And so he created us with his breath because you cannot speak without breath. You understand this? You ever get hit in the stomach and have the wind knocked out of you? You can't talk. I would demonstrate if anybody, no. Uh, you can't speak. You need breath to speak. God knows this. And so when he formed man and breathed into him the breath of life, it's the reason the breath came from God. Because he intended that man in his image would speak the words of God. This is why on the day of Pentecost, there came a sound like a rushing mighty wind, a breath, a pneuma is the Greek word. This wind came in where they were assembled. And what happened when the breath or the wind came, they began to speak, but they did not speak the words of men. They spake as the Spirit, capital S, the Spirit of God, gave them words. There, you just got a three-minute overview of probably about a two-hour Bible study. This is the principle of God creating man in His image and breathing because God's intent was never that we would just be another creation by His Word, but that we in His image, He knew the end from the beginning. He knew, remember, the Lamb was slain from the foundation of the world. And so you and I, the church, He, he foreknew us. We were predestined. He knew us before the... That's why he, this Lamb was slain from the foundation. I'm going to have a body in the earth. And it's going to go beyond me coming and robing myself in flesh. I'm going to ascend. I'm going to send my spirit back in. And that's going to become this body of Christ made up of many members. And they will speak the word of God. That's the design of God. When you receive the Holy Ghost, you spake in other tongues as His Spirit gave you utterance just like they did in Acts 2, just like they did in Acts 8, just like they did in Acts 10, just like they did in Acts 19. You spoke in tongues. Because the Spirit gave you utterance. That was the birth. That wasn't the end. That was the birth. That was so you and I would understand I could actually yield to the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God can begin to speak through me. Deuteronomy 8, we got to move on, I think. So we're meant to speak. You may remember a couple of weeks ago on a Thursday night, we spoke about voices, a lot of other people speaking. We finished that out by, when we closed about talking about we need to be the voice. We need to be a voice. And so I want to talk to us tonight about speaking out. Speaking out, it's critical, it's important. When we are filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost and we open our mouth and speak, spirit transmits on words. I think I talked about that a couple of weeks ago. So we must learn to open our mouth and speak. You say, well, I'm an introvert. So am I. Welcome to the club. I know you're going, no, you're not. Yes, I am. I really, you say, no, it doesn't seem like you stand. No, what you witness is the anointing of God and the gifting of God, not who I am. We must speak out. We must speak. The writer of Ecclesiastes in chapter 3 said, there's a time to be silent and there's a time to speak. I'm telling you, for the church it is time to speak. 
It is time to open our mouth and declare what he would put in it. He told the children of Israel, open your mouth wide and I will fill it. I know he was speaking of sustaining them, but I believe that applies still to this day. And we're going to look at some things in the word. We must learn to open our mouth and speak. Pray with me right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse number 3, very familiar. It's a uh, it's the Lord speaking. He says, and he humbled you. He's talking about them being in the wilderness. He humbled you. He allowed you to hunger. He fed you with manna, which you didn't know. Neither did your fathers know. And the reason he did this is that he might make you know. That man does not live by bread only. I want you to notice this because we're going to come back to this. You're going to, we're going to tie back to this in just a few minutes. He humbled you, suffered you to hunger. He fed you with manna that you knew not. Neither did your fathers know. That he might make you know that man does not live by bread only, but by every word. Everybody say every word. Every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. There must be something that comes out of our mouth. It's not enough for the Word of God to be in us. The Word of God must come out of our mouth. This is why I believe Jesus said, If you'll abide in me and my words abide in you, then you'll ask, you'll speak, you'll ask what you will, and it shall be done or given you. How is that? People say, well, I ask what I want. I don't get it. Well, here's the deal. When his word abides in me, it's no longer my words coming out of my mouth asking. It's his words coming out. And what he speaks happens. So we must know this. Man lives. I want you to. Man does not live by the word of God. It's not what it says. It says, man lives by every word that proceeds out. Of the mouth of them. There has to be utterance. There should be a speaking out. This happens in our closet of prayer. All right, we yield and begin to yield to the Holy Ghost. And we pray in the Spirit. And we pray with understanding. Still in the Spirit. But we begin to speak out. Look, there's, we see this principle throughout the Word of God. I don't have time tonight. You can read it in Ezekiel chapter 37. The, most of us know the story. Ezekiel 37, the valley of dry bones. We find him there and we see three different times the Spirit of the Lord tells the prophet in the vision. Prophesy. What does he mean? that word mean? Speak. What am I speaking to? Speak to the bones. But they're dead. I don't care. Speak. Then what? Speak to the wind. I don't, no, you don't control the wind, but I'm telling you, speak to the wind. What do you mean? We see there in this principle, in this prophet, what happens when a human being yields to the words God puts in their mouth and speaks them out. We must learn to speak. Isaiah 55, verse 10. Watch. For as the rain comes down, we've got evidence that rain comes down. We've seen that the last couple of weeks, three weeks. As the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and returns not thither, but waters the earth and makes it bring forth in bud, so that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Now notice that verse there. 
He's saying the rain that comes down, the snow that comes down, it does something. It comes out of the heavens into the earth. But when it comes into the earth, yes, we know evaporation takes place, but it doesn't all go back up. That's why he's saying it doesn't return thither. But it does something. It waters the earth. It gets to the seed. And when the watering gets to the seed, it makes it grow. Yeah. Notice what he said. It gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Remember what we just read in Deuteronomy 8. Man shall not live by bread only. Watch. Verse 11. So shall my word be that what? So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. I'm trying to be careful so you don't think I'm angry or beating you over the head. That's not, there's something turning in my spirit, and I'm not angry at all. I'm encouraged. I'm excited. I'm fired up. The word that goes forth out of the mouth, it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. What is the it in all three of those statements? I'll tell you what it is. It's the word that proceeds out of the mouth. This is why we must learn to fellowship the Spirit of God, to abide, to stay plugged in, Brother Ruben, to stay connected to the Spirit of God. And yes, this operates and should operate daily in a place of prayer. But hear me tonight. I'm not talking just about prayer tonight. We have to move beyond the closet into the field. We have to move beyond the closet into the field. And we should have a closet. I'm not saying we do away with the closet. I'm not saying the closet should diminish. Matter of fact, time in the closet should probably continue to increase in this last day. But we must move from the closet to the field. How shall they hear without a preacher? How shall he preach except he be sent? No, I'm not the only preacher. That word preacher is how shall they hear without someone declaring? It's good to go to a closet of prayer. I believe we should daily find a place alone with God and fellowship Him and wait on His words and speak His word into the atmosphere and speak that that is not until it is, that we should speak in faith, that we should speak believing for what we do not yet see. I believe that should happen in a closet of prayer. But I believe there is something that's deposited in that place of fellowship that when I get up and I step out into my day, I step into the field that there should be a word of God in me that proceeds out of my mouth and yours. And it will not return void. It will accomplish what it is sent to do. But I must and you must open our mouths and speak. Isaiah 59. I'm not talking about random rambling and busy body talking. I'm talking about here spending time with Him and His Word getting in our spirit. Isaiah chapter 59 and verse number 20. Listen to the Word of the Lord here. And the Redeemer shall come to Zion. You understand that's prophetic of the Lord Jesus Christ and His Spirit coming to the church. We don't have time for that Bible study tonight, but I'm telling you. It's prophetic of the Redeemer coming to Zion. The Redeemer will come to His church. Zion is always type and shadow in the Old Testament, almost always of the church. The Redeemer shall come to Zion and to them that turn from transgression, that's repentance, in Jacob, saith the Lord. That's good. But watch verse 21. As for me, who's me? Who's talking here? The Lord God Almighty. As for me, this is my covenant with them, saith the Lord. 
my spirit that is upon you, and my words which I have put in your mouth shall not depart out of your mouth, nor out of the mouth of your seed, nor out of the mouth of your seed's seed, saith the Lord, from henceforth the verse. That doesn't mean he's going to put them in there and then we're tight-lipped. Can't put the word in part. It's not what he's talking about. He's saying, hey, when I put my word there, it won't pass away. When I put my word there, it will remain there. When I put my word there, it will stay there. This is the plan and the design of God when the Redeemer comes to Zion. When you and I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, it wasn't. This is why some people don't get the Holy Ghost when they seek the gift. It's a gift. It's because they're seeking tongues, not him. Stop doing that. If you, if you haven't been filled with the Holy Ghost or, you're wanting, or you need to be renewed in the Holy Ghost, don't focus on the tongues. Focus on Him. I want your spirit to dwell in me. I love you, and I want the abiding spirit of God in my life. And in doing so, you'll speak in other tongues as His spirit gives you the utterance. His word won't depart henceforth and forever. Now, fast forward to the New Testament. That was a whole lot of foundation in 15, 20 minutes but we're probably halfway home already, maybe further. Because I couldn't contain myself and we covered some things I was going to try to hold on to. But Watch. John chapter 6 and verse 57. Jesus Christ is speaking here. John chapter 6, verse 57. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me and I in him. Him, As the living Father hath sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. This is Jesus talking. Now watch verse 58. I want you to notice, told you we're going to connect this. This is that bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers did eat manna. He was pointing them back to what they knew. But he was letting them know that was only a type and a shadow of what this is. Because remember Deuteronomy 8 and 3. I fed you with manna that you knew not, so that you would know man does not live by bread only but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. I promise you, they knew that when he's talking about this. Because the Jews have memorized the first, the, in those days, memorized the first five books of the law, or the books of the law. And so when he's making reference to the manna here that came down from heaven, I would imagine they're drawing on this. But notice, he says, this is the bread which came down, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead, he that eats of this bread shall live forever. Hold on, what does man live by? Not bread, but... Aha. But he that eats of this bread will live forever. So clearly this is some other kind of bread because man doesn't live by bread. Verse 59. Or These things said he in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Many, therefore, of his disciples, when they had heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can hear it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said to them, Does this offend you? What? And if you shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before. Notice the next verse. It is the spirit that quickens or the spirit that makes alive. The flesh profits nothing. The words... The words that I speak unto you, the words that are proceeding out of my mouth, the words that I'm declaring to you right now, they are spirit and they are life. That word there literally is rhema, a living word. We know the difference between logos and rhema. We've talked about that before. Jesus here said, the words, the rhema that I speak to you, it's spirit and it's life. 
It's not like the manna that was in the wilderness. This is a bread that I'm giving you. You'll never hunger again. This is living word. What I'm speaking, what's coming out of my mouth to you is spirit and life. But there are some of you that don't believe. That's what Jesus said. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not. We have to lay hold on this word of God. He said it's a hard saying. Go back to verse 57. As the living Father hath sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eats me, even he shall live by me. Go over to John chapter 8, verse 26. John 8 and 26, Jesus said, I have many things to say and to judge of you, but he that sent me is true. And I speak to the world. What is he speaking to the world? I speak to the world what I heard of him. I'm not speaking my own words. I'm not just filling the air with noise. The things you hear me speaking, they came from him. I'm speaking out words that came from him, he says. This is the design of God. He, the Lord Jesus Christ, was our living example. We should speak words that come from him. We should speak words that we hear of him. That's the closet of prayer. In the closet, I hear from him, but then I go and speak the words to who? The world. Is that what he did? I speak to the world the things which I've heard of him. I go to my closet. I fellowship the Father. I come, right? This is the reason, the pattern for the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven. I'm starting there. I'm fellowshipping Him. I'm in communion with Him. I'm pouring out my heart to Him. He's pouring in. I'm hearing of Him. He's giving me words. I get up from that place and I go into the earth, into the field of harvest, and I speak the words to the world that I've heard of Him. He's our example. He's our example. They understood not that he spake to them of the Father. Then said Jesus unto them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall you know that I am, and that I do nothing of myself. But as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. I speak what the Father teaches me. He's our example. He is our example. We must speak what he teaches us. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Watch. 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world but the Spirit which is of God. What is he talking about? Not a trick question. We didn't receive the Spirit of the world. We received the Spirit which is of God. What is that? The Holy Ghost. We received the Spirit which is of God. It's the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. We okay? All right. You guys act like I was asking you a hard question or something. Okay. We receive the Spirit which is of God. Why? That we might know the things that are, that are what? Freely given to who? Us. 
of God. This is why you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, one of the reasons. So that you and I would know the things that are freely given to us of God. Well, what does that mean? Let's go to the next verse. Watch this. Which things also, what do we do with those things? We speak them. Which things also we speak. What's happening? I'll tell you what's happening. The Holy Ghost is teaching us. We receive things from God. And then once we receive them, what do we do? We speak them. It's time for the church to speak. It's time for the church to speak. I'm telling you on the job, it's time to speak. I'm telling you in the interaction where you're like, I'm not sure if I should say anything. Yes, you should. It's time to speak. It's time to open your mouth and speak the truth in love. It's time to open your mouth and declare what God has put in your spirit. You're saying, well, I don't know. Look, I don't know. They may not receive it. It might. It's time to speak. If your motive is right, your spirit is right. You've been in fellowship with God. You're not responsible for what they do with it. You're responsible and I'm responsible to speak it. It's time to speak. It's time to speak. We must speak the things that are freely given us by the Spirit of God. We don't speak in the words which man's wisdom teaches, watch, but which the Holy Ghost teaches. Remember what we just read in John chapter 8? Jesus said, I speak what the Father teaches. That's exactly what Paul is instructing the church to do. Same thing. You say, well, that says the Holy Ghost. Exactly. We, we believe in one God, right? Holy Ghost is the promise of the Father. We speak what the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 13. We, everybody say we. We having the same spirit of faith. Got to have a spirit of faith. According as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe And what? Therefore what? Apparently, speaking is just a byproduct of believing. You ever said this? I've said this. Man, I wanted to say something, but I wasn't sure if I say it and nothing happens. What? Anybody ever felt that way? We believe, and therefore we speak. We started in Genesis 1. When he speaks, it happens. Now we get in trouble when I'm trying to operate in my flesh. This is why we read in 1 Corinthians, not with the wisdom of man that speaks, but that which the Holy Ghost teaches, we speak. There are people who are trying to speak the Word of God, but have no relationship with God or are very shallow, limited. They're just trying to repeat something they've heard, trying to sound this or that, declare things, and it's a dangerous thing. We should fellowship Him and we should speak. Matthew 10. Verse 16. 
want you to see these things in the Word of God. Matthew 10 and 16. Jesus said, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to the councils, and they will scourge you in their synagogues. And you shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, take no thought how or what you shall speak. Take no thought how or what you shall speak. For it shall be given you in that same hour what you shall speak. For it is not you that speak, but the Spirit of your Father which speaketh in you. You have been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and it was so you could and would speak. You and I will be, I'm telling you, we are going to be put in places and circumstances and situations in these days ahead. I don't mean years from now. I mean tomorrow. And we, we don't have time to say, let me go back home and put together a study. Can we get together in another week? You may only have one chance, and I may only have one chance. And what's more important is that soul may only have one chance. I better recognize I have a calling and a responsibility to speak. How shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they hear without a preacher? We've, we've relegated that to a pulpit and a microphone. God forbid you and I are called to be witnesses to the ends of the earth. We received power after the Holy Ghost came upon us to do what? To speak, to be witnesses. We must speak. Should we continue to study? Absolutely. Should there be given opportunities, would we return and continue conversation? Absolutely. But I'm telling you, in this hour and in the fast return of the Lord and the harvest that is upon us, there will be some situations where we'll only have one opportunity. And we must speak in that hour. And the word will not return void. You say, I only got to say something. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened either, but I know I spoke the words that the Father taught me. I know I spoke what the Holy Ghost gave me, and I have a confidence. His Word will not return void. It will accomplish that which He sent it to do. But I must and you must speak. Jesus said, this is going to happen. But it's not going to be you that speaks. But it's going to be the Spirit of the Father that speaks in you. Interesting, he didn't say speaks through you. He said speaks in you. Isn't that beautiful? If you'll abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you will. Acts chapter 4. In Jesus' name. Verse 29. You remember Acts 4, that's where... Um, Peter and John, in chapter 3, God had used them to heal the man at the gate. Silver and gold have I none, such as I have. Give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. They spoke. It happened. So they did that. Acts chapter 4, Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander and others that were kin to the high priest brought him in, had issue with him. And uh, they called them together and commanded them, don't speak or teach anymore in the name of Jesus. That's what happened, and so they let him go, and persecution was starting to come. They could tell. 
But remember what we just read in Matthew 10? Jesus said they're going to deliver you up into their synagogues, their councils. You'll stand in their synagogues. Don't take any thought for how or what you're going to speak. The Holy Ghost will give you the word. For it's not you that speaks. So here we are, verse 29. Is that what I said? Yeah. And now, Lord, so they're praying. And now, Lord, behold, their threatenings and grant to your servants deliverance from their threats. Salvation from that which would try to hinder us. Healing from this pain and pressure we're under. Oh, no, they didn't pray any of that. Behold their threatenings and grant to us, this is what we'd like in the midst of their threats, boldness that we would speak your word. I don't want to bow down to the threats and hold my tongue. God, give us boldness, behold their threats and give us boldness to speak in spite of it. You say, well, I'm not going to synagogues and being threatened. I promise you, the voice of the church is being threatened like never before. Speak. Speak. Yeah, but what if? Speak. But it could be. Speak. We need to be wise. We need the wisdom of God. But the Holy Ghost will give us wisdom, wisdom from above. It's peaceable. It's gentle. It's easily being treated. It's without partiality, without hypocrisy. But we must speak from the youngest to the eldest, from the marketplace to the workplace. We must speak. Speak the words of life. Man does not live by bread only but by every word that proceeds out. Proverbs tells us, Proverbs 18 and 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. There's power in your tongue when you're filled with the Spirit of God. There's power in your tongue. When you're not filled with the Spirit of God, there's still power in your tongue. It just may not be good. Death and life. I'm telling you what, what Brother Vicente taught on Sunday in the second service, the Lord had started dealing with me about all these things. And when he started talking about the praise of God continually being in our mouth and that which was coming out of my mouth, I knew the Holy Ghost is simply giving us something to live by that is a precursor for what he wants us to do. We must speak. Stand with me. Proverbs 25 and 11 says that a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pitchers of silver. Jesus said where we read in Matthew, we have to be as wise as serpents and as harmless as doves. I was in a Bible study, teaching a one-on-one -on -one Bible study. I'm losing track of the days. This Thursday. I guess it was last night. And... was talking to someone about they were talking about having life and 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 feeling like they were just receiving a lot from the Lord right now but not sure and, and as we began to as we continued to talk and walk through the word I said you know there's a principle of outflow there must be an outflow you can receive and receive and receive of God, but without an outflow, that which you receive can become stagnant. I'm not saying the Spirit of God can become 
I don't believe the Spirit of God can become stagnant. But we can. We can. And so there must be an outflow. I said that to say this. If you're going, well, I just, I've heard, I've heard it all. And I've probably said all of it myself. What if they ask me something I don't know the answer to? You feel with the Holy Ghost? He'll give you the words to speak. And guess what? It's okay to say these three words. I don't know. Sometimes questions are just a misdirection to avoid what God's given you to tell them anyway. But in talking with this individual, as we were walking through the scriptures, we went to First Kings. You know the story of the woman at Zarephath that the prophet went to, Elijah, said, I've, the Lord said, I've commanded a widow there to sustain thee. He went to Zarephath. Or she was going to make a cake. He said, he said, get me some water. And as she went, he said, hey, make me a cake too. She stopped. She turns around. She says, look, I just got a little bit of meal left and a little bit of oil left. And I'm going to go, I'm gathering these sticks that you see here. And I'm going to make a cake for me and my son. We're going to eat it and we're going to die. Those are her words. I am at the end of it. And he said, that's fine but make me a cake first. What? Yeah, make me a cake first. And the Lord will take care of you. Easy for you to say if you eat my last cake. <laughs> Those weren't Elijah's words. How could Elijah say that? I'll tell you how Elijah could say that. Because he had a word from God. And the word from God was, I have commanded a widow there to sustain you. And he knew if God has a commandment for her to sustain me, she's going to get food somewhere. And so he spoke in faith. Okay, make me a cake. And somebody said, how could he do that? Well, because he had a word from God. Did God say, I'm going to fill her cup up and I'm going to make her oil flow over? No, the Lord didn't tell Elijah that. But the Lord said, I commanded her to sustain you. So Elijah spoke in faith based on what he knew. There's no way she can run out. She's got a commandment from God to sustain me. I don't know how he's going to do it, but his word is true. What he said will happen. Go make me a cake first. I'm telling you, we need to lay hold on the word of God and then speak according to our faith. We have believed, therefore we speak. And this is the principle. We sometimes, this is the excuse we give. Well, I don't quite know enough yet. I don't quite have enough yet. I'm still learning. No, 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 no. She didn't have much. But the miracle began when she was willing to pour out what she had. You want God to pour into your spirit? You want God to flow through you to minister to others? Be willing to pour out what you have. You say, well, what do I have? Well, you've got what you've learned. You've got what the Holy Ghost has taught you already. Start there. Get in your closet of prayer. And what he puts in your spirit that morning, I'd be aware and looking going, man, there might be an opportunity. I can't believe this. I mean, this edifies me, but I'm not sure it's just for me. There's got to be, maybe there's somebody. I'm just listening. I'm waiting to pour out. Speak. The Holy Ghost wants to use every vessel in this room. You are the body of Christ. And man lives by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So his word better be coming out of the mouth of his body. Would you pray with me again before we go today? Come on. God, give me boldness to speak. As my brothers and sisters in the early church prayed, so I pray in agreement with them. Give us boldness to speak. Lord, behold the threatenings of this present world. You see the agenda of this world system. You see the pressing in of politics and all that is in our world that's under the guise and under the 
control of the God of this world. I pray in the name of Jesus, in spite of it all, give us boldness to speak. Give us boldness to speak, to declare your word in faith, to declare your word in love, to speak the word of God without fear or favor of men, to speak the word of God knowing you will perform that which you speak in the name of Jesus, I pray. An impartation of boldness. An impartation of utterance. A quickening of the mind and the heart and the soul. To speak the word of God in this hour. In the name of Jesus. That when your thoughts come to us in a conversation, we would not hesitate. But would yield to the Holy Ghost and speak. In the name of Jesus, I pray. We are Jesus in your name. Jesus in your name. Hallelujah. 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 Hear me. Every one of you have a voice. Every one of you have a voice. Every one of you have a voice. Be willing to speak. Be willing to speak. Sometimes we want to teach the whole book of Acts and all the epistles when we only got 30 seconds in exchange or a minute in exchange. Speak what he gives us to speak. I've gotten myself in trouble more than once trying to give people too much versus just going, okay, what should I say? Okay. I trust your word, God. Trust your word, God. I spoke what you gave me to speak. Amen. It's the desire of God. Walk in it. Let's walk in it daily. And I know so many of you already are. Don't stop. Amen. Lord bless you. Greet someone tonight. Don't forget Saturday morning, all congregation prayer here at 6 a.m.